0: We today uh, are starting and for on different Sundays for the rest of the year, as I told you before, we're going to celebrate the manifestations that, that are happening in people's lives as a result of the personal visions that we prayed for on Vision Sunday. And we've encouraged you to uh, send emails in to Gates of the City. Is it up there? There it is to, to our, that email address, to send in testimonials that you have, things that have happened and manifested, things that you, want to, that you want to come and share for a couple of minutes up here. And we're starting today. I have one person that's going to come and share something today. But I really encourage you throughout the year to send in those emails. And when we get those, then we'll talk to you about it and we'll have you share on a specific Sunday. And, and I'm really excited about this because it's important that we celebrate things that manifest in people's lives from God because a lot of times if others don't share it and the rest of the church doesn't know that it's happening then, then we don't see the real manifestation so we're starting today and just so happens that one of my daughters came to me and said I, I, you know I, I want to share this great thing that happened and so Olivia come on she's going to come and share just for a minute got a microphone there there we go hello again <laughs>
1: um, well when pastor told us that God told him that this year was going to be the year of uh, abundance. I just really took that for myself in a lot of areas, not just finances, but in a lot of areas. But um, specifically for finances, um, this last year, I had a need that came up, a financial need. And just through the year, it just seemed to get kind of... Hairier and hairier, <laughs> as money does sometimes, um, and it just wasn't being met like I knew it should be. And so I was uh, at a women's conference in October, and I felt the Lord lead me to sow a seed and to name that seed toward that thing. I put, I named it, and I said, "This is specifically for this thing." And so for the rest of the year, I just stood on that word, and still. Up until Vision Sunday still was standing in faith for that so on Vision Sunday as most of y'all know we did our vision for the year and what God had us uh, to write down goals and so that was still on my list even from October so um, we prayed over them pastors prayed over them that night and then 14 days after I because I wrote it down 14 days after Vision Sunday I was handed an envelope with cash and that need was completely met,
0: Wow! the entire awesome. thing. Come on, huh? give God praise for that. That's awesome. Yeah. 14 days after we 14 prayed. 14 days, yeah. But one thing I want to say about that is that, that, you know, where that need was concerned, she was already being led by the Spirit of God to see that need removed by a seed. Mm-hmm. You know, needs are met or debt is removed or situations begin to be changed as a result of the seeds that we sow. And then
1: also back from 2014, another thing that was on my list, all the way from 2014, I had um, an even bigger financial um, need that was supposed to be met that actually wasn't supposed to be. The funny thing is it wasn't even going to be due until January of 2016 which I thought was cool because God already knew this was going to be the year of abundance. So he told them, oh, no, just wait till 2016. (laughs) So um, it was all the way from back then. So I had the whole year to, like, prepare and all that. And then in January, this was even before we did the Vision Sunday. But after you said this was the year of abundance, um, I went to pay that thing. And they said, you know what, your your thing has been completely wiped. You don't own a dime, anything.
0: (laughs) How good is that, huh? And you know what? Sometimes um, people might think, well, you know, she's the pastor's daughter, so it'll just work for her or something. I don't know what. I mean, sometimes, I mean, I've had people tell me some really strange things that they thought that I couldn't believe that they thought that, you know. But we've taught our children since they were little how to believe God and how to step out in faith, how to sow seed and believe for harvest. And if, if we were to step in and mess that up then their faith doesn't grow you know so as parents we have to learn how vitally important it is to allow your children to sow seed to believe god and i mean if god lays it on our heart we we would do a specific thing but there's times when god says you you, you know don't 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 mess up what i'm doing in their life you know and allow it to happen and manifest and so i'm excited about two manifestations in the name of jesus come on everybody shout amen And we celebrate in the name of Jesus. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, the reason we're going to continue to do this is because it's good for you to celebrate when something good happens for someone else, because when you can do that, yours is around the corner. I'm telling you, yours will be around the corner. You know, I mean, the corner's not necessarily two days, but it's around the corner. It's coming. You're positioning yourself to receive because you can rejoice for the good of others. Bible's very, very, very clear about that. Amen? Awesome. Glory to Jesus. Well, we're on our series um, that we've been on entitled, In Him. And um, the last two services, actually, we, that I shared last Sunday, and then uh, the Lord led me to take that message I shared last Sunday and share it again on Wednesday night, and I added to that a little bit. and So, so I, I, I just really wasn't finished with that. And, um, and, it, and, it, and there, wasn't, there was a few things added to it, but for the most part, I just preached that again because it needed to be said. We needed to read those verses of Scripture in Ephesians 1 and Colossians 1 in the message. We needed to read those. And so I'm going to start today by just reminding you of these two quotes. Give me the first one that we that we had. Um, it's in Christ that you find who you are and what you're living for, what you're here for, what you're... What your purpose is in life—that's found in Christ. All through the Bible, it it makes phrases. There are phrases that say "in Him," "in Christ," uh, "in God," "in the Word." But but being in something is maybe a little bit difficult to process when you're talking about being in somebody. Um, Everybody that's here today that's born of the Spirit of God, Jesus Christ is in you. But because you're one with Him, you're in Him. And, And, you know, we can't see that with our natural eyes, but the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that you've been born a second time. And so, you're born... Again, in Him. But He's in me, and I'm in Him. And and the verse we read out of John 15 last Sunday says, If you abide in Him and His Word abides in you, ask what you will, and it will be done for you. See? So we've got to understand how we are in Him. At the end of my message on Sunday, I shared... With you, just a little nugget of what in Him looks like and how to put that to work and process it. And Him is Jesus, the living Word. And He said, If you abide in me and my words, in other words, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, in other words, if I abide in you in the form of my words, you'll ask anything that you will and it will be done. I'm going to say it to you again. If I abide in Him and He is in me in the form of words, then everything I ask will be done. Why? Because when you abide in something, it's your residency, it's your place, it's your go-to place. How many have a home that they live in, an apartment or a home or whatever it is? Uh, raise your hand if you have a place, okay? Well, you abide there. You don't abide at my house, right? I don't abide at yours. You abide in that home. And to abide in a place is to, to, to have residency there, And it's the go-to place. So, if I abide in Him and His words abide in me in the form of words that are my go-to, then I'm not going to ask something of Him that's not in line with what He says is so. Yes? Okay? So, So, to be in Him... And for his words, who he is, I'm going to say it again: the words of this Bible that we have is actually Jesus Himself. And I'm not trying to get too deep or whatever with this, but it's just a fact. And 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 He is this Word. So, for me to to abide in that, what, what just in the natural would you think you would have to do for those words to be in you to a place that that's where you turn to instead of just what your head says? What would you have to do for those words to be that real inside of you? You'd have to study, right? And then you'd have to meditate on what you've studied, right? And then you'd have to rehearse what you've studied. Anybody ever been to school before? Okay? Four of us. Um, No, I'm teasing. So everybody's been to school at whatever level. Anybody ever had homework? Man, homework. I used to think that after I got born again and I was still in college, homework was of the devil. (laughs) Had to be a devilish thing. So, everybody's had homework and everybody had teachers that lectured, right? So you had somebody that talked about a subject, like when it was time to, to focus on math. How many loved math? Three of us. I didn't really, but I made myself, and then I started kind of liking it, and then I didn't like it. And then I did, and then I didn't. Anyway, I had a teacher, and they lectured on it, right? And as they would lecture and they would talk about it, then they gave me homework. So what, I was, what did I have to do? I had to, take, I had to take the instructions that they gave, the pages. I want you to read from page here to here. And if I studied, then I had to take what I study and meditate on that so that I really understood. And when I first got into algebra, and all the formulas that were a part of algebra, it was confusing to me until someone came along and showed me the basic formulas that were the foundation for everything else. Once I got the basic formulas right, I could go from Algebra 1 to Algebra 2 and on. And it worked. And I figured it out. Wow, I can do this. Why? Because someone helped me get the basics. When the basics of God's Word become a foundation in you, then He said, ask what you will and it will be done. But until the Word of God is your go-to place, in times of trouble, in times of struggle, in times of anything else, until it's that. When you can be talked out of all kinds of things, when your life is full of constant drama, up and down and in and out and left and right, and that's, that's most lifestyles. But the Word of God is, has come so that we can live in that Word and that Word live in us so that we live like this. We live a steady life because living a steady life doesn't mean that nothing bad happens. In fact, more ugly things will come your way. But when they do, you have this go-to place, this well of of knowledge, this wealth of knowledge in this well that you can put your dipper in there and draw from. In Isaiah it says, draw from the wells of salvation, the things that we need. So I draw from that knowledge and revelation in times when I need it. So, to be in Him is one thing, but to allow the words in me to be the go-to comes from my coming and listening, doing something with what I'm listening to, right? Observing and meditating and studying and and learning and developing good study habits in the Word. When When I first started in college, Because I didn't put a lot of effort out in high school, when I first went to college, my study habits were horrible. But my study habits got good when I realized if I didn't get my grade point average up, I was gonna lose my golf scholarship. (laughs) But you know what happened from then? I began to draw from some of my study habits that I had just begun to start in the word. And I combined them. And I in a summer I, I had to take summer school after my first year of college to get my grade point average up and I made all A's. No, I think I made a B in all A and the rest A's in summer school. Everybody say yay. Amen. And you know what? You know why? Because I listened to the teacher I took the information and I studied it and read it. I don't know about you, but I'm the kind of person that I've got to read something over and over and over again, right? My wife can read something one time and quote it to me backwards. Man, I wish I was like that, but I'm not. I've got to read it over and over and over and over again. You know what really works for me? I'll read something. We're talking about the word or whatever it is. I'll read something, and then what I do? I take notes. I write it down. If I'm listening to somebody preach the Word, I always take notes. Why? Because there's things being said and going through my head that when I go back to the Word, it's going to say that much more. Sometimes I'll take notes. I'll read it. I'll make, I'll make points that just jump out at me. I'll go back. I'll do it again. I'll do it again. End up. And, and I, I like, when I say take notes, I like writing. I mean, I do sometimes do my iPad or my phone or whatever in my notes, but I like to write. And, 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 I, and I'll take those notes, and when I revise them on another piece of paper, i wad that up, throw that one away, and I've got this. And, and at the end of that time, after I've studied something, man, it's in me. The Word is there. And then something, I, I, I tell you what, when you get the Word inside of you, the Bible says when the girls were talking about today, uh, the, about uh, Mark chapter 4, the sower sows the Word. The Bible says the word sown in you, the enemy will come in a certain ground immediately, if not sooner, to steal the word that's been sown in your heart. See, so so difficult times don't necessarily go away. It's just that when the words that are in you are the go-to, then when difficult times come, we always overcome. Amen. The reason that that it gets to the point where you, it's almost like You're not being attacked is because no matter what comes, when you always go to the Word, it becomes that much more real to you. See, then you're not intimidated and overdone and overtaken. Why? Because I'm in Him and His words are in me to a place that it's my go-to place. I don't go to 15 other people to get their ideas of what they think about what someone else did to me. No, I'm going to the Word. And the more I learn to do that the easier it gets and actually the better things get in my ability to not just apply the Word but to overcome every situation. But I have to be in Him. The second one that we read, all the broken and dislocated people in the earth get properly fixed and put together how by being in him things that are out of sorts and not right with us and everybody's in that category i don't care who you are at one time or another at different seasons of your life the things that seem to be out of order but when i continue to go back to listening to the word studying the word observing the word applying the word when the tests come i overcome right the summer between my first and second year, my freshman and sophomore year in college, that, that time when I really wanted to be doing a lot of other things. I wanted to be playing in other golf tournaments or doing things. It was that, it was that time period when I learned how to study, and it changed my life. It literally changed my life in that time period. And, and you know what happened? What happened was when the tests came, I was, I was passing with flying colors. Why? Because I learned how to put the effort out. What you do with being in Him determines what His Word in you will produce. Did you hear me? What you do in Him will determine what His words in you will produce. So, I want to read... About three or four verses that just complement, I believe, what I just said. And I'm going to start with 1 John chapter 1. Because I want to look at one word today as I bring this in him message to, not to conclusion, but to another place. But it's, it's um, 1 John 5 and verse... I mean, First John 1 and verse 5. This is the message which we have heard from Him and declare to you that God is light and what? In Him. Everybody say, in Him. In Him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light... As He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Now, the Bible says the entrance of His Word brings what? Light. Light and life. The entrance of His Word. Notice what He said here. If we walk in the light, as He is in the light, as He is the light, We have fellowship with one another in the blood of Jesus Christ. His Son cleanses us. Why? Because the entrance of His Word and the revelation of His Word brings the cleansing that the blood of Jesus has already done. The blood of Jesus has already cleansed you. You've already been liberated and free. But without the revelation of His Word working in you, and, it, and without the revelation of those words being your go-to place, that you go to and allow the Word to be final authority that settles everything in your life. Not what it appears to be. Not the way things seem to be. Not what the news media tells you is so. But what His Word says. One, one good thing, and you might think I'm against the media, I'm not against anybody. I'm just telling you what the truth is. I'm just speaking the truth to you. But one of the things that the media in general is good at is fear. And they get people rooted in fear. And the more you listen to it, the more afraid that you get. And you, I, I can tell somebody that listens to more news than they do listening to the Word. Because they'll say, what are we going to do about this? What are we going to do about that? well, where did they get that information from? They, they heard somebody that was a fear monger throwing it out there. And I'm not saying those people that are doing it on, on purpose necessarily. Maybe they are, I don't know. But I don't necessarily know that they're doing it on purpose. I'm just saying that's what they're doing. See, you're not going to hear me. You won't come in here and sit in here and hear the Word and walk out of here in fear. Because if you walk out of here afraid, okay, then we didn't bring you the right word because God, God, God does not put fear on us. In fact, there's a scripture that says, here's his word, says God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound and a well-balanced mind. That's what he's given me. So if God hasn't given me fear, then I'm, I need to be in a place in my life where I'm not receiving fear in any way, shape, or form. Voice comes and says, well, you know, Man, you're too old. You, you know, I mean, life just passed you by. Your life isn't passed by. And, and listen, you're never passed by. I mean, not till the last breath, but beyond the last breath, you're in eternity with God. You're never passed by. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how old or young you are. There are people that are young, and I mean, teenagers and, and people that want to take their own life today because of Despair. Oh my gosh. When God brought vision to our hearts and lives, right? He has a plan for you, and that plan is for good and for success and to have an expected end. To have, 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 have an expectation to a prosperous life. This is a year of what? Abundance. Amen. It's a year of abundance. And it's not, that's not a cliche. It's a year of manifestation. And we all year long will celebrate... Certain manifestations of things that have come. Uh, Mark over here sent he sent a he sent an email in about a, an amazing manifestation. You know, uh, I'm not going to tell you about it, but you need to keep coming back because you need to hear what happened in his life. It's absolutely amazing. It's a year of celebration. Great things are happening to people that want manifestation. And I don't know about you, I want manifestation, but I want manifestation because of my faith and my trust and my confidence in God, right? And there's nothing like when people do and they meditate the Word and and they listen and they become doers of the Word and things begin to be manifest, there's nothing like that life. And that is not, I'm not saying that that's a life that is free of difficult times or things that come against us because stuff comes, but no matter what comes, Paul said, many of the per- persecutions that come against the righteous, but my God delivers me from all of them. Every single one. I am an overcomer. I'm not a sometimes overcomer. I was created to overcome in every situation. When, when, when my daughter was up here sharing about some things that she's gone through, you know, that there are times when even as a parent, you just want to fix things for your kids, you know? And sometimes, fixing something, no, you need to help your children, but if you fix it for them, then they'll never learn how to walk by faith. You know, I mean, I mean, you know, I could just fly away after a testimony like that where i where i see one of my own children believe god and see manifestation coming in their lives you you understand where they sowed actual seed in other words they heard what we taught and she sowed seed and she got manifestation you know there's there's nothing as a parent like that and and as a spiritual parent to So many of you that are here today, I mean, when when I read, when I read Mark's testimony about what what has happened in his life and several others that have sent some things in that I've read, as I read those, man, my my heart just leaps because there's nothing like manifestation in people's lives where people really believe that God will do what He said. There's nothing like it. You know why? Because now you're a candidate. For other people to come across your path because that's what you're going to share with them. You're not going to share with them and give them and dump on them all the bad things that are going on in life. It doesn't mean that there's not difficult times. But other people don't need to hear all that and a lot of times we don't need to talk it. And I'm not talking about ignoring difficult things or difficult stuff that we deal with. I'm not saying ignore it. But there's times we've got to change our confession and we've got to be in a, in a position of praising and thanking Him and going to our go-to place and allow the Word to be what it says it'll be so what it looks like will not overtake us. Because where the enemy gets us is if he can convince you what you see is more real than what this says, he's got you. Every single time he'll have you. And you know what? It's not a game. God set it up that way. God set it up this way. Amen? Amen. Um, that, That was first John 1, then look at John 1. Everybody say the message. The message. John 1 and verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God all things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made in him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shines in the what? darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it the darkness went oh Michael what what do we do? Couldn't, couldn't figure out what to do listen when the entrance of his word, it's not just knowledge in you, but it becomes revelation. When the entrance of that word comes on the scene, the darkness has no place to stand. None. It's, it's, it is instantly removed because it was instantly removed. The darkness was when God said, light be, and light was, and that's it. And light's been here ever since. Right? And the sun and the moon are in the sky as a witness of the covenant that we have with God Almighty. And nobody is going to lasso those things and take them out. Nobody. And no matter what we do with all the pollution and all the other things, the sun and the moon will never go anywhere. You cannot mess with light. Not that light. And yet, that light is what's inside of us. But it's got to be in me in the form of words. Because if it's not in the form of words that are go-to confessions and phrases and statements that come from this book right here, so that I apply those at, at given situations. Not, and I don't just apply any of these. I r- apply the right one at the right time. It's what sets me free. It's what liberates my soul. See, if you're sitting in front of the television watching the news and something is said on the news and it, and, it, and it all of a sudden sparks fear on the inside of you, you can stop that thing right then. No, no. Yeah, I hear that, but I'm not receiving it. Because, you know, I, I mean, it's, it's good to stay a little bit informed out there. You just don't want to overdo the information, right? And, and I don't know about you, but, but when I do watch the news, I have to do that a lot. No, no. In fact, what it does with me is the the, the the nightly news turns into kind of an evangelistic ministry so, so evangelistically, what I start doing what i 'll do is i 'll take those things i don 't necessarily do it right then, but i 'll take them later, and when the thoughts come back to me about you know all the young girls that are in human trafficking and, and this is and I saw something on the news a while back that in San Antonio there's a bunch of... The, that, that's escalating, you know. And later on I said, no way. No way. Stopping in the name of Jesus. In our region, in our location, it's stopping here. And actually, we have, we have more authority in our region than we do around the world, but we have authority around the world because there's no distance in the spirit realm. And I say no in the name of Jesus. I say no to that. And, and everybody says that it continues to escalate. And, and, and there's more of it than, is, than there's ever been before. But I'm telling you, there's more people doing good things to see that stop. But I'm telling you, first and foremost, above everything else, if we're not sowing the word on that situation, nothing will change. It'll get stronger and stronger and stronger. If we're not putting the word on that. So every time you hear things like that, allow it to come out of your mouth. Not in Kerrville, Texas. Not in San Antonio. Uh-uh. This is not a hub for human trafficking or drug increase or anything else. This is a place where liberty and freedom is. Or whatever God gives you to say. It's those words in season that bring the answers to every situation. Can you say amen? Um, so... I want to read these last two passages. Everybody say, the message. Colossians 1, last week we said that the message is Christ in you, the hope of the world. That's the message. And the message in 1 John right here is is understanding that in Him there is no darkness at all. And the darkness is dispelled. Why? Why? as we read in John 1, because of the light. And the light is what? It's the light of the Word that is shining on the inside of you because of the deposit of the words, the presence of God. The, who He is in you in the form of words dispels the darkness. Now watch these last two passages here. In um, Hebrews 10, Hebrews ten and verse sixteen, and he said, "And, "And this is the covenant that I made with them after those days," says the Lord, "I will put my laws in their heart. In other words, I'll put the words in their hearts and in their minds, and I will write them." And then he says this, and their sins. And their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now where there is remission of these, there is no longer an offering for sin. And I won't go into the next few passages. I want to jump forward real quick. But what he's saying is this new covenant we have. God doesn't see you based on your sins and the mistakes that you've made. He sees you now through the blood of Jesus. And you're forgiven and you're liberated and you're free. From all those past things. But for that to manifest in your life, for you to live a drama free life, for you to live a life where you're on top and not underneath, the words that I just read right there, have to become real to you. So what do you have to do? You, as, as Dahlia said, you have to keep on coming, and you have to keep hearing, and you have to keep listening, and then you have to do something with what you, with what you read. If you're the kind of person that's got to write things down four and five and six times, write it down. How important is it? is it? What are you really working on? How free do you want to be? How liberated in certain areas of your life do you want to be? You have to put out effort. There's not anything on planet Earth that you're going to get just for nothing right? When you went to school, if you didn't put any effort out, they didn't have any compassion whatsoever, you just flunked. And there was nothing else ever said about it, and they just said, see you next year. Same grade, same teachers, same whatever, right? No effort, no reward. And and actually, God forgives us, but He will not step in as a good parent and fix everything that you don't want to do. Just plain and simple. So as we're faithful to do the things and the words become real on the inside of me, the words that are light dispel the darkness. Right? Look what he said in verse... um, Verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who is promised, who has promised us is faithful. Let us hold fast to our confession. And it's not a confession, but it's our confession of faith on a day-to-day basis. Acknowledging with our mouth what the Word says instead of acknowledging how something looks or how we feel or whatever. Would, would, it, would things change in your life every time you felt bad, you said, instead of, I feel bad, you said, Lord, I thank you that you healed me. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just talking about like something elementary like that. What what would it do? Would it change you physically in the moment? Maybe. Right? What do we have to lose? That's right. And when we get to a place that we're doing it by faith, when we get to a place where it's by faith over time, things change. You know why? Because that's the way it happened in Jesus' life and He said the works that He did will do an even greater. But it's got to start with me changing, holding fast to my confession of what the blood of Jesus accomplished. God's not holding a thing against you. And what he wants to do is cleanse your soul from all the combat and the hammering that the enemy does to tell you that you're no good because of the mistakes you made. And it's an absolute lie. It's a lie. And today is a new day. Amen? Amen? Matthew 6, and I'll end with this. And I want you to really grab a hold of this this morning. And it is still this morning. <clears throat> Matthew 6, I want you to grab this. And verse 22. <clears throat> I'm kind of jumping right into a passage of Scripture here, but I just want you to look at, at this. And I'm going to read verse 22 and 3 out of the Amplified. The eye eye is the lamp of the body. The eye. So if your eye is sound, your entire body will be full of light. So how would you make your eye sound? Think about that for a minute. How would you what, what would you do to cause your eye to be more sound? What does an eye do? Okay? So what I can do is control what I see, what I look at, what I meditate. Notice what, notice what it says right here. It says the eye is the lamp of the body. In other words, through my eyes, everything is illuminated. It's like, a, it's like a, there's a camera in the back there taking pictures of everything that I see. Well, do, when, I, when I read the Word, do I see this? Yeah. So would it be a profitable thing to put this before my eyes a little bit more or just start developing, putting, giving some time to this instead of maybe to some other things? As, as I work on that, as I, as I develop that, then I want more of this. See, so if you give God about five minutes, maybe in a year from now, it'll be an hour that you spend in this because you want to, not because, you know, at church they told you if you don't get in the Word for an hour that you're you know, you're know going to go to hell or whatever, whatever could be said. No, a little of the Word will cause your desire and your taste buds to want more of it. And the key to it is what we see. The eye is the lamp into the rest of what your body does. Yes? Now watch what he says here. Verse 23. Well, let's see the rest of twenty-one, 22. If your eye is sound, then your entire body will be full of what? Light. entrance of his word brings light. The light is a result of the word. So if I look at and spend more time at and develop more of an understanding of the word to where it's my go-to place then the rest of my body will be full of light. Now watch this. But if your eye is unsound, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then, if then, the very light in you, your conscience, is darkened. If the light that is in you is darkened, notice this next piece of this sentence is a question, and the question is directed to you and I. How deep is the darkness, in other words? If the light that is in me is darkened, and everybody's is, say that, everybody's is. So we're all together on this. Everybody's light gets darkened because of the things that we look at and where we spend too much time looking and meditating, right? So if the light that is in me is darkened in my conscience, how deep is it? And you know what? What I'm here to tell you today is that that is a very liberating question if you view it that way. If you view it as a liberating question, then it's very liberating. Many, many times, I've had to ask myself, OK, how deep is the darkness in that certain area? How, how much have I allowed certain things or things of my past to remain that would affect my life like that? How deep is the darkness or the darkened part of my conscience or my soul? And you know what, you, you know, what, I'll just break that down in real simple terms like I used before if I'm in fear and I have nothing to combat the fear with then that part of my conscience is darkened but the great thing is the entrance of the word brings light (laughs) so I've been afraid haven't been able to overcome this situation so I'm purposing now to get in the word and you know you can get in the word by reading books you can get in the word by listening to messages you can get into it that's where the process starts but then I've got to do something with it so if my soul is darkened to the place that fear is ruling in my life in a certain area the good news is, I can do something about it. It doesn't have to stay that way. The devil doesn't have the upper hand on your life. If you're born of the Spirit of God, then the Spirit of God is inside of you and is there to empower you in everything that you face. There's not anything that you can't do. We read it earlier. Everything that we ask, we'll receive. Why? Because the light. Of the Word of God has become real in us if you abide in me and my words are in you real in a real way it's a go-to place my words are in you to the place that it's final authority that settles the issues that you face That there's nothing you can't have and we just got through reading in this passage in Matthew and and the passage before in Hebrews God just wants you to believe that He will do what He said He'll do. He's never lied. He can't lie. It's impossible for God to lie. So if God said it in His Word, then it's a done thing. And if you'll stay with it long enough, like Dahlia was talking about earlier, if you stay with it long enough, there's not anything that you can't accomplish and will not manifest in your life because God's true and He's faithful. Heavenly Father, today,